Let's go. You are now listening to the Poptimist Podcast, and today my guest is No Name Blues. Um, they have some dates that are going to be coming up here pretty soon. October 13th at Scully Saloon in Nashville. October 26th at the Elbow Room in Chicago. October 28th at the Elbow Room in Kokomo. Uh, November 25th, they're going to have an EP release party for their new EP, Do You Know? Yeah. Um, and that's, is that the Coterie? Is that the name of that place? Yes. In Kokomo, Indiana. Yes. Okay, cool. And the first single is out now, and that is called What's Your Name? Um, when I watched it, uh, the first thing that it kind of reminded me of in, in the start, it was like David Lynch with that clock and like the electrical yes. sounds. Okay. I thought that was pretty cool, but welcome to the show. Can you guys introduce yourselves and, uh, what you do for the band? For sure. Uh, I'm Kirk Morrow Jr. I'm the drummer for No Name Blues. I, uh, I'm also doing solo music and stuff on the side. I'm in a, another band on top of that. Yeah. I play with Kirk, uh, as well. Um, my name is Dustin Harold McKee, and uh, I play bass, I sing. My name is Josh Norfleet, and I play lead guitar and sing harmony vocals. Beautiful. Fantastic. Uh, what about as far as where can people find you at uh, through your various Twitters, social media, all that stuff? Believe it or not, we just made an Instagram today. We did. Yeah. Today was the birth of our new Instagram. And so that is No Name Blues Music. Yes. Is the name of that. Um, also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, um, SoundCloud. What else are we on, Dustin? After this, <coughs> after this EP, we'll be on a lot more uh, right. social uh, internet, social media, whatever. But yeah, the uh, What's Your Name's Out Now, that's kind of what... We're just pushing after our Facebook fans right now, trying to um, get more views and to get more people just uh, listening to the new single. Yeah, man, there's been a lot of people sharing it, too. Uh, we're getting a lot of support from... It's really cool. There's a lot of people that we haven't talked to in a long time that are just coming out of nowhere, um, getting to reunite with those people. We're talking to a lot of family. There's just a lot of people that uh, you get to check up on. It's cool to see our progress, too, because we uh, we started off as just a cover band on purpose just to kind of figure out our chemistry and get some shows. That's a smart move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Money. people don't do that enough today. Right. Yeah. Definitely, like, benefits your chops, too. You yeah, know I mean? absolutely, yeah. for sure. Just learning different styles of music. Yeah. Yep. Especially, dude, classic rock is so fun to play. Yeah, absolutely, for yeah. sure. I think, I think there's something to be said for from learning from people who already have a template of how they did it. Right. And you're get, you're getting to, I think, music, oftentimes, everyone, especially in Nashville, one thing I found is, is a lot of people want to be copycats. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you guys kind of probably took a bunch of different influences and kind of mended them together. And I'm sure you have some common ones, but also yeah. separate ones from each other. Oh, 100%. And that, that's kind of what I think shapes the sound of, a, of an artist or a band. Right. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's definitely the case with us. Um, I know a lot of us are heavily influenced with like rock and roll and blues. Sure. But there's definitely like little like flames of just everything. Yeah. You know what I Hip-hop, mean? Hip hop, uh, funky. Yeah, we do a lot of psychedelic. I definitely heard that in in the the first single. Um, I think 
kind of the way that you guys play. It, I mean, not to compare you to to other people or anything like that, but I I hear definitely your own sound, but I can hear an influence of like the Strokes or Red Hot Chili Peppers or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Flea's a pretty good influence on me. On oh that. yeah, He's probably my favorite bassist. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's you're, awesome. You were pretty spot on with that because Dustin's always talked about how he was his favorite bassist. And yeah. What do you think of? Of his new signature bass that came out. Did you see that? Yeah, I actually uh, used to work at Sam Ash as a uh, salesman. I still work there. I still work there as a uh, teacher, but when I was a salesman, I would play on it a lot, actually. I was, I was, I work in the drum department. Mm-hmm. But. What did you, what did you think of the bass itself? Um. I don't know, man. To me, I just really like my bass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's great. Yeah, I need to know about Mr. Higgins, man. Mr. Higgins. Is that the uh, the bass you always I always see you playing? Yeah, bro. Yeah. The only bass I have ever played is Mr. Higgins. Really? Yeah. To be completely honest, like because I played um, some bass in a band that he was in. Mm-hmm. We were all in together when we were in high school, and uh, I never played bass before, and that's like what I learned on was. Mr. Higgins, the legacy lives on. That looks like a quick, a really <laughs> quick neck. It's kind of thin. Dude, it's great. And what's what's really weird is when I first got it, it was it was already pretty comfortable. But as I've played on it more and more, I know I've just obviously adapted to it. But it just feels like it's like adapted to me too. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think good instruments yeah. they have. When you find the right one that you express yourself through, it ha- there's like this metaphysical vibe of yeah, oneness. Well. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it is. You're kind of like uh, performing your soul through this, like, you'll just be, different sounds. You'll be legitimately upset, like, when that stops working for good. That'll, be, never, that'll be a really sad day. Never. Mr. We'll Higgins will I'll always, always rebuild him. He'll always come back. He'll always come back. You're right. He how did, how did uh, Mr. Higgins come into your life? Um, I was in this other band called Shiny Penny. They're actually doing pretty well right now. Uh, Josh is in there, too. And we just kind of did this thing where uh, one day Dean, the singer, just decided he was going to paint his keyboard. Painted it green and like painted the, uh, the keys all crazy and I was like, what if we paint my drum set? And then I ended up uh, getting a bass later that week, so we just painted the bass like the day that I got it. And that was uh, basically, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen my drums, but they're basically the same color as Mr. Higgins. It's red, white, and... Uh, I haven't seen your drums before, no. I've just blue, seen Blue, green, Higgins. and red, just like Mr. Higgins. And then some white. And what is the uh, the pickup configuration in that bass? It's like Dude, a jazz. It's huge. <laughs> it's it sounds good, man. You always have great tone. Thanks, man. Pretty badass. So uh, this new EP, where did you guys record it at? Uh, in Indianapolis, at a guy named West Boy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We actually recorded it at his house. Um, he's a pretty well-known uh, engineer around. Yeah, he was Nouveau Magazine, which that's a that's an Indianapolis magazine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's like the main magazine that I do believe for like entertainment. You know, um, they that he was the number one for mm-hmm. I forget what year it was, but he's, he's a pretty well-known. Yeah, he's, he's definitely good. Well known. He's good at what he does. Yeah, he's, he's got magic good. powers. Wes definitely. Uh, helped us reach the sound that we were looking for that we wanted to make our first impression with as a band. Mm-hmm. So it definitely, you guys definitely have a sound. I think... Thank you. Yeah, I think that's the greatest thing that a musician can accomplish is to, to be on their their own sound and to have, like, 
what they sound like. I think all my favorite bands are kind of kind of like that. What like generally what what do you listen to? Like what top of your list? Uh man, it's always changing. I guess there's always gonna be the obvious ones like the Beatles and the and the Stones. I mean right. I love the Beatles, the Stones, all that. I also love a lot of funk and soul music. Um Dude, being you a, just, a bass player. The music that you chill to, uh just like on a regular basis, you should play that. Right now, that'd be sick. I can't. Well, on the podcast, I can't really do stuff like oh, that. You're I right. Can, you're yeah, right. I could get pulled, or it could be like copyright. Yeah. But I Dude, mean, we got trouble for that. We almost did. Uh, Remember uh, when we released our first um, trailers? Yeah. And we, I think, uh, what was the first song they? Yeah, Voodoo Child. Child. We just used too too long of a clip. Really? Oh, really? Uh, and they, and they busted you for it? Yeah. No, just, we didn't get. I mean, we didn't they get just, in trouble. They, they just, just stripped the music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but we shit. had to we had to clip it down. But once we clipped it down, we could still use it. It was pretty nice. Wow. So did YouTube hit you up and they're like, "Hey, no, they just took it down." And we were just like, basically, it just had like one little thing that just told us, and then one little thing that said, "Don't do this." <laughs> so did you have to clip it down to like under thirty seconds or something like that? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I took a music business class at Ball State University that talked a lot about that. And, there's just certain time limits and just amounts of another song that you can use before it becomes like a an issue, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is, is something that's kind of bothersome. I, what do you guys think of, of copyright laws? I get it, but I think it's just like I think art is it's a little too free for all the all the contracts and the crazy structures, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it really interferes with it and it really twists this system around and it just turns it into this thing where it's not really about the art, it's about the contracts and the copyrights and the publishing and just a big distraction, man. I just want to play music, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I do get it and uh all in all I think that in the end you kinda you learn and you realize that that's really what it is that produces such a large income for musicians that like really really do it you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's kind of a if, if you really work hard it becomes a good thing but it really is kind of a it's a hassle at first when you're learning especially when you when you haven't we just actually started a publishing company so we're going to be publishing our own music through that I think that's the smart thing to do just yeah. keep all the rights to everything. Well, yeah, apparently it's supposed to take like they 50%. Take, they take like 40, 50%. Yeah, whoever does the publishing. So yeah. now we just get to keep our own money, you know what I mean? Well, that's. I think that's a wise move. Yeah, always got Always a good move to go the smart way. Yeah, especially if you... It's You guys are really... Uh, you've got good heads on your shoulders, I think. Yeah, so good. so kudos. Yeah, we, we came with a plan. So. We came <laughs> we came specifically to do this. You know what I mean? Just Respect. This year, Kirk actually just got I here. Got here like four days. Well, yeah. welcome to Nashville. Thanks, man. Glad yeah, to man. have you. It's pretty intense. <laughs> it's uh, a lot like a game changer because all the three of us are all here in the same yeah. city now. Yeah. We at were, first it was like we came. In January, the very end of January, yeah. and and I still had a lease to fulfill. In my oh, house. classic! So yeah, it's the rough, roughest thing. In the world. So we just like he drove back and forth, 
you know what I mean? Like weekends. a trooper. Right. Yeah. Respect. Right. Respect. <laughs> we went back home a lot and did a lot of shows, but it's cool that all three of us are finally here, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And you guys are already firing, starting to fire off at all cylinders. It sounds like you've really been anticipating being able to work on things in this way. And I, th- yeah. I think it comes across in the music. Like, it, it sounds it sounds excited. Um, and you guys sound excited. Not yeah, only. we like it. Like, man, it's fun. Yeah, for sure. I think good things are going to happen for you, you know. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes, dude, there's like a thousand things that fucking happen when, when you move to Nashville to try and do this. Like, so many things in your life. It's just like challenge, challenge, challenge. Oh, and it's just with normal life shit. Right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, not even the, all the music stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, I dropped my phone like two weeks ago Ugh. and cracked the living shit out of it. <laughs> and then the day, like you could still use it when it was cracked, but then I got out my phone out of my pocket yesterday at work and the whole entire screen was just pure, like just black and white, just like fuzzy as can be. <laughs> well, it was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's no getting it back after that. And I finally got a fix today. And I'm static by it. Yeah. That feels like a victory when things play out. Right. right. Yeah, when there's actually like, resolution. But it's like it's one of those things. You got all these challenges that you have to face in the music industry, especially moving down here. But there's also like your phone breaks or your car breaks, so you get a ticket, you know what I mean? Yep. On top of trying right. to survive and work right. and all just We don't make it hardly any money, but we make it though. We we, we make it to the next yeah. month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you just focus on moving forward and going, just really go for it and just believe that it's going to work out, it just does. There's a lot of things that you worry about, like the monthly structure of when which bill comes on what week and all that yeah. stuff. But I feel like no matter what, even when you're slipping on your paychecks, like it always works itself out somehow. Like you're still alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fucking. And you true. just gotta, you just learn, just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just figure it out. No excuses. Everyone's everyone's got it, like you said. Like we can all relate to that because everyone's got it. Like you just got to move forward. It's a mindset. Where do you guys think you learned this mindset, or, or have you always been this way, or is this something you've had to adapt to? I feel like, well, actually, all three of our dads, all three of our dads play the same instruments that we play for the most part. Really? Yeah, my dad plays bass, Chris dad plays drums, and then Josh dad uh, plays like banjo and mandolin, which is pretty cool. Josh is more of a guitar player, but he plays those too. Very cool. Okay, so you come from musical families. Yeah. So I think that had a lot to do with it. I definitely like came from a background of like bluegrass music and classic country music. Um, and it slowly just adapted. Like, I remember I got a guitar for Christmas one year and uh, started learning, like, more of, like, current country music, you know what I mean? Kind of what was being played on the radio. Uh-huh. And um, then I remember my grandma got me three CDs for Christmas, and it was Journey Live in Texas, Eric Clapton, Greatest Hits, and Steve Ray Vaughan, Greatest Hits. And after that, I was... Rock and roll all the way. <laughs> Rock and roll all the Dude, way. Yeah, I, uh, when I was in, I think, fifth or sixth grade, I would ride the bus to school every day with my friend Andy Matthew. And uh, he had a, a Walkman with a headphone splitter to where you could plug in two different sets of headphones. And every day we would, on the way to school, we would listen to the Paranoid album by Black Sabbath. 
Fuck and, yeah. Uh, up until then, like, you know, I listened to music, but I wasn't really, like, music wasn't really, it wasn't, like, a huge thing for me, you know what I mean? But that, that was, like, at, like, right after we started doing that, I ended up getting a drum set for Christmas, the exact same Christmas that he got a guitar, so we ended up starting a, starting a band, and uh, the next year, it ended up, uh, we played at the 7th grade dance, it was pretty sick, man, <laughs> like, a Halloween dance. Yeah, and I think I got in, I got into music, uh... Me and my dad. My dad liked to watch uh, like live concerts on DVD and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, so we would just sit up at night and just watch that stuff. And I just thought, I don't know, that that just pretty much made me fall in love with like the being a musician thing. They showed like backstage footage and all that stuff. I used to think backstage was so cool. Like, yeah. I was like, I want to go chill backstage <laughs> and all that stuff. And like, so I feel like that that really started me off. And plus, obviously, watching my dad drum, you know. So, yeah. Very cool. So, I that's, I think, probably what contributes to your sound today and the way that you probably play together, too. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. <coughs> and, what? yeah, my family and Josh's family, turns out, like, after we had kind of grown up in high school together, that, like, our dads used to play music together. Ah, uh, that's pretty wild. Plot yeah. twist. We know him, yeah. Like, oh, I know that guy is. Crazy. That's great. What was the name of their band? Um, the name of my dad's bluegrass band was uh, Branded Bluegrass. My dad, he's like, he's very proficient on the banjo, um, pretty decent dobro player and mandolin player, and he also plays some fiddle. And uh, he has like sat in with a bunch of different like country artists yeah, around town yeah. and would just sit in and just play fiddle. Yeah, so that's yeah, how I'm sure that's that's probably how. Yeah, because my dad and his dad both just they just play, man. They they're in bands, but they really just go play with a bunch of people, and they just know. I mean, my dad knows like thousands of songs. I feel like he just goes and learns just a bunch everywhere he goes. Well, his dad used to play on Broadway a lot, so yeah, he he yeah, knows all like the hits and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. he just I mean he just plays, and Josh's dad's definitely the same way. So. They just probably met up at a show somewhere playing for like some sort of country artist, I'm sure. Wow. Right. Yeah, my that's probably my dad's most proficient instrument though, is the banjo, because dude he'll you'll like wake up in the morning and like just go sit on the couch you just woken up and you could be on the phone with the president and my dad'll look <laughs> right here and that's so great, dude. He's doesn't amazing. Even care. And then he's, he's just amazing. like <laughs> you you just have to just fight through it. <laughs> you surrender. Right, you just, like, ah, you just like I'll call you. You're just like I'll call you back. You just like yeah. I love it, man. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I love him to death. He's but that's basically. I mean, we all came from influences from our families yeah. and this music that we listen to. Yeah, and then uh, I knew Josh from high school. Um, I knew like his sister was in my grade and then we played music sometimes just jamming with a couple other dudes from school who Kirk was their drummer so I knew of him and then uh, I was coming back from college back to Kokomo a couple years ago I ended up meeting up with Kirk for this other band the Peaceful Kings he plays guitar and sings it's pretty nasty um, but he ended up playing drums for a couple things that I had written on blues or uh, yeah on blues for like bass guitar um, just like me singing, just messing around, and then I'd been trying to get Josh for a while, but he was just real busy with a bunch of other stuff. He was playing guitar for some other bands, 
but eventually his, his schedule freed up, and then uh, I'd say for about a year and a half, we were just playing like covers, just really getting people to know us in our town, rather than, we didn't have, man, we didn't have any social media, mm-hmm. we didn't have any recordings, no videos, we were literally just a band. We literally just would, t- all the people would have to see that we're a band is, is uh, us telling them we're a band. Like, yeah. They would just have to believe just that we're people, good. Bro, just people, you know, like, just, just word of mouth. Like how back in the day they didn't yeah. have internet and social media yeah, to like talk about. Like, like, like Jimi Hendrix didn't have a Facebook. Yeah. You know what word I mean? The Beatles didn't have a website. It was just, they just played music and people and came and watched them play music. And that's how we Respect. Started, yeah. And that's what we Respect. really wanted to do. But there's just so many people that are like, no, I need a Facebook page. And I mean, I feel them. We eventually just started recording music, and What's Your Name is our first... We had a little demo, but What's Your Name is the first like single that we're taking real seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we're actually... Um, we just released the video, uh, I think, seven or eight days ago, last Tuesday. It's doing pretty well so far. Um, I think this next week we're going to work on getting it published. We're going to get it like, copyrighted and set up to where we can actually like set up... Uh, meetings with radio stations and stuff like that and really get it out there. Um, we're going to hit up a lot of blogs, like a lot of things like this, you know what I mean? Podcasts, blogs, videos, try to get it on some, I don't know, eventually like a TV show or like maybe some movies or a movie trailer or something like that. Commercials. Sync licensing. Yeah. Just see, I mean, we, we want to make music for the people. Music people can relate to. Music that it can be used in your daily life, you know what I mean? For sure. For sure, absolutely. I think that's that's the whole point. Uh, you know, anytime I really feel like I connect with something, it's because of the way uh, it makes you feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really what I mean. I feel like as an artist, it's something to because a lot of people will associate being an artist or a musician with the risk of doing it because it's 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 so hard to make money on it. So I feel like you have to really just want to do it. If you're just like kind of be so about it that that's what you uh, you kind of do it for is to realize that it's feeling it's it's what makes you feel is, it, it, make, <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel good man <laughs> um, but yeah well I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing you guys play yeah man I'm definitely gonna come out you gonna go to Scully's what so, that on the 13th October 13th yep is that a Friday that is a Friday Friday the 13th Friday the 13th at Scully's yeah yeah it's like a skull of October of October triple spooky yeah it's us Daylight Sinners and Veretta Nice. Yeah. yeah, so we're all just going to be jamming for, I believe it's 9 to 1. What time? Uh, 9 to 1, okay. Yeah. I might be down. I might be working that night, so I'm not sure yet, but I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Sick, dude. We would love to see you. For sure. Are you going to be playing uh, like your new songs? Do you guys still do any covers? Yeah. We do. Yeah. We do. We yeah. do a mix. We do. Most of our covers are more like arrangements. Um yeah, we, we don't do play them yeah. note for note of the actual. We kind of just jam, and we know like the lyrics and the chord progressions. So we just kind of take that, and a lot of people would say you're like kind of changing their song, but for us, it's more like a tribute. Like 
we're we're jamming, but we're giving this jam to this artist that's influenced us in this way. So we're making it in your style, but like we're using it to get better ourselves. You know what I mean? What Just learning from them as teachers? What uh, what songs are are you guys covering these days? Uh, we do Seven Nation Army, um, like Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. We do Black Dogs, some Gary Carter Jr., Bright Lights. We do a lot of Wolf Mother. Oh yeah, really Wolf like Mother. That's right. I remember the yeah, first bro. when we met. Yeah, that yeah. night we so, talked about Wolf Mother. Yeah, it was uh, at Papa Turney's at the uh, Wednesday Night Blues Jam. Yeah. Shout out to the Wednesday Night Blues Jam at Papa Turney's. Those yeah, guys are yes. awesome. Great food too. Yeah, great food. Fantastic. With the nachos. The nachos. Yeah. Oh, the that, brisket nachos. Yeah. That that one place I went to with you. Yeah, I think so. You played. We all like, played. Okay, yeah. Right on the left, Definitely. man. That place was oh yeah, that place was good. That was, that was good. Yeah, we're trying to get a show there, like a legit show there, like that on would Friday be cool. rather than a Wednesday, like an actual just rather than just going up and jamming three songs, play for a couple hours. That's cool. You know. Yeah, there's a ton of places to uh to play, man, in Nashville. Just like. You could you could probably find at least three nights a week if you really wanted to, to hustle of of places to play. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely a lot of uh, good people to meet. Definitely a lot of good music to be heard. It's uh, it's been a really big learning experience. We've met a lot of cool people too. Mm-hmm. It's just been an exciting time since moving here. It's been. Eight months, I think. Yeah, it's been fun, man. Are you guys living together? We, us two are living together, yeah. I'm living, I have my girlfriend here with me, too. Okay. Yeah, we got a, we're renting a house. He's just, like, basically ten minutes away from us, so. Nice. What what part of town? Uh, East Nashville. We live in Inglewood. Fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Inglewood up to no good. Yeah, bro. I I used to. That's what uh, they say? Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I said. song, bro. You ever heard the song? I don't think I have. Oh, it's great. Inglewood up to no good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, my God, that's great. That's that's why I've heard a ton of people uh, out there say. Everyone says that. Have you guys heard anyone ever say that before? No. I know. It's a... Well, make it a thing. Make it a thing. Oh, it'll be a thing. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It is. That's dope. He just shouts out to Inglewood. It's California, though. There's a thing in California. Right. Inglewood up to no Still, good. though, yeah. <laughs> Inglewood up to no good. That's definitely uh, going to be part of the vocabulary every day now. Perfect. <laughs> so you guys like it over there? Oh, I love it. It's, um... I they actually to... have a studio in their basement. Yeah, man. Our landlord just kind of left this huge studio just, like, right in... It's, it's got its whole room, and there's a, uh, there's a vocal booth that's kind of shut off away. It's really nice. Um, we don't know how to use it. It's all from the 80s. It's like real vintage, but it's, <laughs> it's, sick, it's real sweet. That's really cool, man. We're, we've got some engineers coming over, though, to like work with us on it, though. That we, is uh, awesome. We think it might, it could possibly have like produced that, that like 80s sound. Like, yeah. The not modern day, like. Totally. Like mm-hmm. the more classic way yeah. of sound. Everything works just fine. Awesome. So you guys are going to get some engineers, someone to kind of yeah, show you how to use yeah. it? Right. I've got a buddy from Sam Ash wanting to come over. Um, I've got a friend who uh, I've recorded a metal project with who wants to come down to Nashville. And that's kind of what he does for a living as well. So I'm going to let him mess with it. But yeah, man, it's pretty sweet. 
definitely trying to take advantage of that. Josh, Josh and I, I moved in a couple months ago, and then Josh ended up moving in a couple months later. We're finding out that there there might be a slight possibility of a couple other rooms opening up, and we have some more friends wanting to move from Kokomo. We actually, one thing that we're really lucky to have, it's just an awesome advantage that we have in Nashville, is for some reason there's like 11 to 15 people just that we know that live in Nashville, but they're really? from our hometown. Yeah. That just came here. It's so, very interesting. We, it's we, crazy. We, how we do happens. have a lot of people that live here in the city, yeah. and we went to high school with them, or we grew up with them, or yeah, some yeah. sort. Of, you know what I mean? And They're we from friends Pokemon. with them. And we've had, we have even more friends coming, so oh, yeah, we just have like a nice. Uh, I mean, they're just our buds. They're going to come with us to our shows, and you you could say it's a fan base and a crowd. You know what I mean? But here in Nashville, that's that's a really nice advantage. I had a, a girl at work, she um, we did, went to this event at my job, and I brought with me a friend from Kokomo who lives in Murfreesboro, and I introduced her to a girl that I work with, and she was like, you ever make new friends? Like, She's like, I feel like all of your friends you introduced me to are from your hometown. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, uh, is your hometown big? No. It's like medium. No. It's a good city. It's just uh, it's not like huge and well known. I mean, we're just, it's, it's where Dustin and I went to high school. It was like you got a little bit of hillbilly in you. Yeah. If you go to that school, you really. I went to that school for nine weeks, but the rest of it, I went to the actual Kokomo High School. And uh, Kokomo, it takes about you can get from one side of the town to the other in about fifteen minutes. Like all the complete opposite side of town. So. It's not very big, but I mean, it's not super small. Yeah, either. it's nice. It's a great place. It's a great place to like raise a family. But I feel yeah. like if you're trying to do music, there's actually a pretty cool music scene there too, man. And it's it's building. I, I we're still slightly a part of it. We come back a little less than once a month just to play. There's a lot of cool venues opening up down there uh -huh. recently. Uh, there's like a cool record shop, uh, American Dream Hi-Fi. They're real sick. They they're kind of a music. I just saw some videos of, of a show that they did there. This band played in the middle of the record shop and like set a bunch of stuff on fire, dude, in front of the whole crowd. It was wild. What happened, dude? I saw that on dude. Snapchat. Yeah, I was dude, just like, they what? straight up were like just had drums on fire, guitars yeah. on fire, and people crazy. were like carrying awesome. the drums, bro. They were like yeah. carrying. The his crowd drum. was holding his drum set up for him, and he was just like up high on this thing. I don't. I didn't understand any of it. Right. Man, it was crazy. I didn't know what it was. I was too scared to ask. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I saw it. I was like, and I just it was ritualistic. Up. Yeah, I just swiped <laughs> right because I was like, oh my god, am I going to hell? <laughs> so do you think uh, the fact that you grew up in Kokomo influences your music or how would you say it, it influences your music um, I don't okay. I don't think so personally my drumming or anything like that I don't know about Dustin I went to uh, the high school that me and Josh went to there was a music program there that really accomplished a lot and had a lot of awards. And I think the way that we did that was just heavy amounts of discipline and time that we put into it. And you had to be... Fantastic. Music to my ears. Yeah, bro. They they really taught you how to dedicate. It wasn't really about the specifically the band. It was more so like a class about the dedication and the determination it takes to like get first place at something. 
Damn. We did it a lot. We did it a lot, man. And it was, I mean, they literally, they they get how a student's mind works. You know what I mean? And they really, wow. They, they figured out how to really take the, take the class to the next level. And uh, I actually got to work there um, last year uh, as a teacher, which was really awesome because we ended up winning state for the 16th time. And... We broke the Indiana state record for uh, for how many championships can be won like in the state. Holy shit, that's really cool! It sounds like you kind of came from a like a very prestigious. It really wasn't program. Like, the band was just like boom, like just great. Everything and, was great. And was it because was there a particular person who you think influenced this? Was like there a music teacher? Yeah, there was or, like there was really like a team, man. There was like a. What was interesting was there was just this circle of there were there was three guys that worked at Western. It was Brian Caldwell. He was the main director. That was Mr. Caldwell. He was the dude. Uh, Keith Whitford, Mr. Whitford. He was the uh, assistant director who had been the director before Caldwell got there. And then Dan, Dan worked there. He's a teacher, now, Mr. Hilton. Um, those dudes were like this little circle that they just put their heads together and always figured it out. But then there was this other circle of people that there was like a drum instructor and some of the dancer instructors and like the marching instructors. They all worked at multiple schools and they went to multiple different cities and they traveled the country just teaching music. And they worked wow. for school. And it was actually a fairly common thing. That's kind of how the, the market works in the high school music programs. It's a lot of it's a lot of traveling teachers. It's it's really cool because you just you network with them and then you get to teach at other schools. I actually taught at like five high schools back in Kokomo, a couple middle schools, and then uh, the Rome Academy of Music was like this uh, kind of a private academy where you teach private lessons. I taught drums and bass there. It was pretty fun, man. That's really cool. I it I think it's so fucking important in music to realize that. It does take discipline in order to do this. Yeah. 100%. And you, you're you going to have to pull yourself. Discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Have, did you guys ever see the movie Whiplash? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, one of the, yeah. it's great. Did you ever have any teachers who were crazy like that? Um, it that, kind of, I mean, it never really got to that intensity level because that was college. This was high school. Sure. But it was like the same mindset. It was very close to that. Um, but it was more, it was just more constructive. Everyone knew. It was cool because everyone knew that it's not that anyone's mad at you. It's that we're trying to go now. We're trying to go fast. We're trying to get a lot accomplished this practice. We're trying to, we're trying to go into practice knowing what we're going to do. We go in and we do it. And we do it to where there's extra time to where we can do the fun stuff too. And they also balanced it with a lot of like the activity and the fun of music. You know what I mean? Um, but dude, I just remember as, as I became an upperclassman and then the next few years after I graduated, I would come back and visit and I would just see these, like the eighth graders, they would get a chance to do it. And uh, they were like 14 years old, man. And the teachers would just have moments where they would just leave because they knew everything was going to be cool. And you would just see these little kids who they've only been doing it for a couple weeks or a couple months, just running themselves without any adult instruction. And to see how smart they were, to see like just this group of all these people working together to make these shapes and make this music and once they would stop at a certain stopping point, they would have to go back and they have to fix their mistakes and they would have to like figure out themselves without their teachers. And I just never seen like someone that young, you know, especially at this age, it was, it was just a sight to see that these kids could just figure it out. They were teaching themselves. They were like basically like building their own program in a way, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of what the education system should be more about is 
teaching the student itself rather than focusing on the music program and the the uh, the trophies and the awards and all that stuff. That stuff comes naturally when you just when you really teach and you, you open the the, open up to the muse. Yeah. But yeah, man, it was real interesting. Just we uh, we won state a few times. Probably when I when my senior year I think was the ninth the ninth time that they had won uh, since like the eighties. Holy shit, that's a long time. Yeah, and but since then it's only been six or seven years. Another is sixteen. They've won. I think out of the last ten years, they've won uh, at least eight or nine times. They just they just do it, man. That sounds. It sounds like they have a program where they they really in, try and instill something about life into yeah. into the students. Well, you know what else I noticed, man? Uh, from from really learning is it's not just about the music that they play. It's these instructors really get in with the, the community of the market. Uh, they go out and they hang out with the people that are in this program. In this, it's just like us, like with. With a rock band, we have to go out and we have to go to jams and we have to go meet other musicians and meet the other people that are doing art. I mean, that's how me and you met, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of what these people do is they get involved with the market to where they're well-known. And it's not only that you're seeing this band play, but you're watching Western play. And even though that's not really something that should influence a judge's decision, it's just like when there's an aura of a certain band or a certain artist in any way, no matter what they do, you're going to appreciate it just because you know how good they are. You know what I mean? Anything Jimi Hendrix releases, you're gonna you're gonna treasure it. You know what I mean? Just any any band that you really like, once you really like them, you can you want to watch their interviews just like this. You want to see their just their videos of them hanging out. You want to know what they were really like, hear their poetry, whatever it be. Their other their other stuff that they did. You want to know them as a person. And I think sometimes that's kind of the secret to to the music business is the the networking and the connections and just being friends with as many people as possible, making them a social experience. It's been the easiest part and the fun. It was like the best part, honestly. Yeah. Making friends, networking, and yeah, making man. friends. And here lately, we've been traveling a lot. We've been going to different states, and uh, we just meet a couple people. In these states that we end up, you know, we get their, their numbers and their social media or whatever, and we end up staying friends with them. There's a couple artists that I met in Detroit. Um, I follow them on, like, basically everything, and their paintings are real awesome. I'm going to hook up with them back uh, when I get back to Detroit, chill with them, see what they're doing, probably do some work with them, have them do some cover art or something like that. Um, and a couple people in Chicago that we know. So it's getting to the point now, especially that we've released this song where um, we can go to certain cities just because we have people that they've seen the video, they've heard the song, they know about the page, they like, they're into it, and now there's more of a demand for the market, and we can go and obviously supply, play the music, play parties. We really want to play some like house parties. I feel like that's kind of oh yeah. yeah, that'd be sick. Get ready to play Sublime. Yes. <laughs> oh, of course. <coughs> Santeria. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they just want some <laughs> music. But, I mean, yeah, our goal ultimately, I think the cover thing's fun. Man. It's cool because you're playing vintage music that brings back, it brings back memories for people. Like you said earlier, it's feeling. And there's certain feelings that come from your original music, yeah, that you wrote yourself. But when you play a song that we've all experienced from our childhood, 
people really dig it. And they want to sing along. They they know all the hits and all the chord changes, and it's just real cool. They they love it. Now I think it's something to really take advantage of rather than look down upon. Of oh, he's a cover band. Agreed. Yeah, I think I think there's a certain element to being like the party that everyone wants in a band um, to be able to establish that connection with the audience and to be able to to be so tight with the audience that you guys share this thing in common between you. You know what I mean? Because you could have played any song. Why'd you pick that song? But they know that song as well because they're singing along with it. So I think that's the special feeling, you know, of being, of playing live. It's just like we music. There's so many spiritual things that we we have with it. Yeah, like I think even that's what just it is. the meditation of practicing, yeah. I think is is a big one, uh, or learning a new song, or just there's so many different things that you do. Writing a song, yeah. like jamming with a band there's yeah, so many different like, ways yeah, to, man. to play it right. um, and take advantage I mean, of an experience to me, man that's honestly what music is is, yeah. the, is the spirit of it i think i think in truth that's that's kind of what a song is i don't a lot of my songs i guess a, lot, a few of my songs will come from me but most of my songs just feel like they come from like the spirit of whatever my influences are they just come out the, the jam comes out the riff comes out the lyrics just show up in my brain, and I just write them down real quick. Um, it's very interesting. It's like a, it's an experience for me. It's like a, it's like an escape from the daily life and routine of what people think is real. But this, these ideas and these sounds and these pictures and colors and like dreams that you see when you close your eyes, they like you can bring them to life in music. You can you can use your hands and your fingers and your voice to like create a real a real piece of art with it that you can show people that comes out of your brain it's your it's like i feel like most people's music is like their soul and they turn it into a specific sound depending on what style it is you know what i mean that's the way it feels when it's coming out of you yeah like i think um it's it's really hard to to write songs sometimes and then other times they just Right. Happen. Oh, yeah. They just happen. Yeah. It's different every time. Yeah. It is. Sometimes I'll sit there for days because I'm doing solo music on the side and I write songs. And sometimes I'll sit there for like three days and still not be able to finish a song. And sometimes I'll finish a song in like 30 minutes, yeah. like an hour. It's just like. You know, I feel like a lot of the ones that come quick like that end up being a lot of people's favorite songs sometimes. Mm -hmm. The more thought you put into it, the I feel like the. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the the less thought I put into a song, the better it is. Sometimes because yeah. I don't overthink it. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. You I go with the feel. Let it myself. go, bro. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, how are you? I would say, songwriting in itself is a meditation. So, how do you prepare yourself to do it? Like, do you have a specific time that you write, or are you always just the lightning strikes and then you do it. The lightning pretty much just strikes all the time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a storm. But uh, I think really there's songs that I've definitely kind of like already had written. Uh -huh. It's just like, what's on this song? And there's times where Josh will just hit us up with a guitar riff and it'll be real nice and uh, we'll just throw some lyrics on top of it. There's so, uh, there's sometimes where Josh will just come with a song and then we'll play that. Here lately, Kirk's just been coming out with riffs, some crazy like cowbell parts or something and we just uh, just flip it into a full, you know, we'll just jam it for a little bit, come up with some lyrics to it. 
they're all different. Sometimes the lyrics come first, and you're just thinking. Sometimes it's just some poetry that I'm writing. Um, Our latest song, I wrote the guitar riff too. Yep. Yeah, Kirk's written uh, just random stuff. Like two or three things for us now. That's pretty cool because he started off. He was just down to just kind of, you know, just play drums and just chill and kind of do whatever happens. But lately, he's he's been introducing a lot more creation into the into the vibe of everything. It's pretty cool. Plus, now that the fact that he's down there is just like we're united again. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're like stronger than what we were before. We're refreshed. We took like a nine or ten month break from really being as serious as what we were back in Kokomo. Congratulations. You guys are surviving. Yeah. <laughs> Making it day by yeah. day, man. Right, it's yeah. happening. Day by Or wait, no, that's step by step. <laughs> day by day. <laughs> wait, is that the full house? No, it's no, not full step, house. It's, it's uh, step, step by step. Uh, no, what is that show? I forget what the show is, to be completely honest, but... It's one of those older shows, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's the thing that's like good. Oh, man. I forget yeah, what I forget, cool. too. Well, that's beautiful. You know, I can really hear the uh, the 90s theme song influence in your, in your music. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, it, all, it all kind of makes sense now. That was the, right. the, missing, the missing piece, and yeah. now I just yeah. I really know what you guys are going <laughs> yeah. for. Definitely. Absolutely. Good, uh. <laughs> Based our heavily based on a 90s theme TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, Too Many Cooks? Uh-uh. No. You've never seen Too Many Cooks? No. Dude, I don't watch TV. No, it's it's not a TV show. It's like this... Oh, for real? Uh, yeah, it's, it's... Oh, it's like a YouTube thing? Yeah, it's a YouTube thing. Nice. Okay, at the end of this podcast... I might have seen it now that you're saying that. It's, it's like this 90s theme song. Really? But it just goes on. It's just like too many yeah. cooks, but it gets progressively more and more surreal as it as it keeps going <laughs> to the point to where there's a serial killer, like <laughs> killing all of these people. Spoiler alert! That's creative. That's yeah, cool. it's um, it just completely warps yeah. a sense of reality. I don't know what exactly it means or anything like that. I feel like it's the kind of thing if you watch it. You just entered into an alternate universe in your life. Yeah, cool. it's like a matrix, like mm-hmm. trippy. Yeah, it's it is it's it's really bizarre, strange. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds interesting, man. It does. So, uh, tell me a little bit about um, like your practice habits. How do you guys practice as individuals and as a band? Well, as a band there for a while, we were getting very little, if no, practices at all in between shows and stuff because of our living apart, me living in Indiana and stuff. Um, But I would practice, like, every now and then. I never really had my drum set set up constantly because I would just keep it in my car because uh, we had shows, like, very quite often so I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to unload them and then load them back up so I'd keep them in my car and stuff so I would just like run through our songs sometimes just like on my legs or something nothing really just like listen to our songs and play along with them every now and then that's pretty much all I did I didn't I didn't get much practice while we were apart and then uh, we didn't get much practice together while we were apart but now 
I've lived here for I think three days and we've had three pack three practices. So we're yeah. we're, we're making up for it. Now. Yeah, for sure. It, but before yeah, before and, we and before here, like when we lived yeah. together in Kokomo, we practiced it was twice. Pretty serious. Often. I mean, we were before we moved here. We were to the point where we were playing probably two or three shows um, per week sometimes. But uh, we just, we kind of reached a point in Indiana where we could have kept going, and there were definitely things that we hadn't experienced in Indiana yet, but we sort of realized that what we were going for, we were probably going to find a little easier in Nashville. More, not necessarily easier, but it was just going to be more like what we were wanting, more what we were going for, a community of, of music and musicians rather than just kind of a regular town that's it's, more focused on other things. It's easy to be... Like a big a big thing in in a town like Kokomo or something because there's not a lot of competition going. Sure, on. the big fish in a small pond thing. Right. Yeah. So coming down here really puts things in in perspective and it really kicks things into high gear. We were yeah. kind of settling living there because we were good enough. Like yeah, we didn't feel the need to be better. But coming here, it's like it was like Nashville will do that to right. you for sure. Yeah. Right. I feel like the standards for a lot of the musicians here are a lot higher too. You really learn from that. If you, if you can really come and learn from the other artists and you know, try to try to focus on the learning experience of it too, you can definitely take a lot from the standards of how how professional some of the musicians are around here. They really understand what it's like to. You can just tell that they actually do this all the time. This is how they pay for their house and their their food and literally everything that they do is they just go play their instrument. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think what I like about that Wednesday night jam is is three bean soup, the the house band there with Terry, Patio Daddio and Don Kendrick. Um dude, Terry is insane. They're they're all cool as shit, man. They're really nice guys and their jam is like very laid uh Laid back, right? Oh, they're fantastic. Like, yeah, I like when this, you're just eating food. The weather's perfect, and they're just playing just like trippy Pink Floyd music. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I uh, were you guys there the day? I don't know if it was if this was on a Wednesday or I was there on Saturday, but there was a giant storm rolling in and it kept getting closer and closer and you could see it coming across Percy Priest oh, and like moving in it was kind of interesting to so watch trippy, dude. Uh, it kept going getting closer and closer but it's just like what is a storm you yeah know, you ever just look at it and just like what the fuck <laughs> it's crazy man I, you know and I think mother nature People forget that she's in charge. That's what I, dude. I was, I was about to say that. Yeah, I feel like bro. it's a, it's a reminder of, of God and creation. When you look at it, what else would it be? It's not. You can explain it with science, and you can talk about that it's technically this and that, and you can you can define what it is. But in reality, just look at it. It's literally like God's creation. It's it's got a shape to it. It's like. It looks like it's drawn. It looks like you're seeing some sort of just it's it's otherworldly. You know what I mean? It's so different. It is pretty trippy. The fact that we are, as far as we know, as far as we know, the the pl the only planet that we know that like where humans exist like this. Right. We don't know yeah. really what's out there at all. Yeah. 
It's yeah. it's completely unknown. There's just this vast unknownness like know, beyond this plane of existence. I feel like existence. people know and we just don't know. The fact but that I, yeah, the fact that they say space never ends like gives me a fucking headache. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going on and on and on. Right. Yeah. But how? Right. How? What? Like that's what it is. That's what it's just. Crazy. It's just inf- infinite. It's indefinable. But it's just like. There is no number. The, the, right. the, the thought of something mean? never there is ending. No structure. Anything. The thought of that never ending is like a yeah. weird thought. What's on the outside of it, dude? It has to end at some point. Yeah, what's on the outside of it? But what's then on the not, other side? not only what's on the outside, but what would what would end it? What would it be a, a wall? Would mm-hmm. there be just a wall in space right. that ends it? But then like on the other side that you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, really yeah, like what defines it? You know what I mean? I feel like it's kinda of like an ocean. Because nothing, it's, it's nothing liquid. It has no structure. Like nothing isn't even real, you know. I feel like wherever it ends, <laughs> <laughs> nothing isn't even you real. You ever a sound bit for this podcast? <laughs> you in there? <laughs> no, literally. Like, like oh, this space man. isn't. It's still something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's like dude. where I'm waving my hand is still yeah. something. No, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> nothing nothing is looking at something and it's like, Oh, that's everything, I want that. He never realizes that something he's seeing is him the whole time. That's that. <laughs> I next question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it just never ends. It just keeps going. All you right. know. I, I think of a life. I don't really want to ever know any of the answers. I'm cool with just constantly being like, oh, shit, like, this is <laughs> right, yeah. this is now what my reality is. Right. Like, I just learned this about the world that I'm in, and right. now I'm, I'm going to be walking through life with this. Yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It never ends. I feel like, and because of that, man, I feel like you have to really look at it and be aware of the fact that that's what it is. It's like, it, to me, it's like a creation. No matter what it is, it... It's not necessarily whether it's kind of the plot of a book or a movie or a video game or like a Broadway show or uh, just anything like that. It's just a creation. It's an art in itself. It's a it's it's its own concept album, and you're just like a you're just a part of it. You're a character, and you kind of have to fulfill your role. Uh, I think it's very interesting to to find out what your role is. You know what I mean? To to really pursue it and take after it. You you feel I I imagine all three of you like music is that is that thing for you is that like the thing that constantly pulls through your life? I think uh, being an entertainer a little bit, being an entertainer and being an artist. Yeah, to me it's just whatever. Really, the whole when you make art, I mean, a lot of times you make art and you keep it to yourself, but for the most part, it's for people to listen to. It's for people mm-hmm. to sing along with. It's for people to dance to. It's for people to watch and look and think about. Uses their own hanging up in their living room, right? Whatever it is, watch on TV with their family. It doesn't matter. Like we're it, trying to create those same feelings. Yeah, we want to. We want to connect with the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to me, that's really what it is. Is I just want to explore. I want to travel. I want to see the sights. I want to see the whole country. I want to see, see all how the other countries. People live. Yeah. Man. See how like because uh, people in uh, other countries and stuff they live completely different lifestyles. Yeah, like, bro. They, they do things 
differently. They have different traditions. They have yeah. different. Just see how they think. Like that, they have different ways of doing everything. Like just yeah. See what people believe everywhere. It's so different because when we live here, we just get so used to it. We think that that's just what it is. Everyone thinks that what we practice and what we believe here is like what life is. But then you meet these other people that their brains work so differently that the way that they talk, you're just like, what is he talking about? And it, it happens a lot. And I feel like. A lot of people aren't able to see that he just talks differently, he lives differently, he thinks, and he, he feels just differently than you. He, he another human like being. He, yeah, he, he's a human physically, but he's just another spirit, and you need to you need to embrace that and accept it rather than kind of fight it and be like, that dude's weird, you know what I mean? Interesting. Interesting philosophy. It's interesting, because it just, it really opens up the box. Yeah, you know, we're just kind of tripping through space and time <laughs> together. Like we're all we're all in this uh this fucking existence. We're sharing it with yeah. with these other spirits. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It's all electrical energy and like frequencies, man. It's you can you can hear it sometimes when you just like listen. A lot How of so? times after that's another thing. A lot of times after I've played music um, it's probably not a good thing, but I'll just be hanging out and I'll still hear like the electric frequency or like something from a laptop or just an electronic uh, in general, like a cell phone. You can kind of hear that high pitch just in the very, 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 very background. And to me, that kind of just like opens my mind up to see what is that. You know what I mean? It's some sort of electronic wave running through my reality. I know, I know that it's a it's a sound of the electronic or whatever it is, but. We hear through these radio stations. Like, how is that possible that there's this tower that it plays a song, and then in all these other cities, this one little radio frequency just shoots out to all these other towers, and you can just spread this music as far as an entire country. And then across the world, you know what I mean? Really powerful to just be able to spread something like that. TV. Dude, how crazy is the fucking internet? That's the oh, great equalizer insane. for humanity. It's insane, bro. I mean, you want to talk about one thing that could unify us. I mean, it's something that the the divides us to some extent. Yeah. Right. But it's also, I think, a, a big unifier yeah, I of think it people really across is, the world. Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. Social media is crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's what it's really what you put into it, and I think uh, kind of the way it is now, man, is you're starting to see that it's such a big part of people's lives that who you are on social media is almost just important. It's not if not more important than who you actually are in real life just because the amount of people the amount of people you see in your daily life is like 10 to 20 on average some people see more some people see less but on internet you can see everyone in the whole world so I feel like you connect with people more and it's just kind of becoming uh, it's interesting to see that the way in I I really like Twitter because you scroll down and you see people's thoughts you see what, the, not only their thoughts, but the specific thought that they wanted to send out and tell everyone in the world that this is what I'm thinking. Oh, and they have a lot of rage. You know I mean? And everyone's, and with, it's hilarious because so many people, that's where they take their rage out. They go on Facebook <laughs> and they're like, hey, mom and dad, hey, grandma, and then they just like talk about whatever's going on in their life and then they go to Twitter and then it's all over, man. They just talk about just whatever. Good old but, Twitter. Yeah, Kirk doesn't have a Twitter. I don't. He, he needs a Twitter. Dude, that Twitter is definitely like a lime on Twitter, man. Dude, Dustin does. Dustin, he, he's like, he stirs the pot. You stir the pot? He what do you say? He just like, someone will say something, and he won't even like 
mean it in a negative way. He'll just say it. And then... Someone will just come at me, man. It's weird. <laughs> I, says I feel like... Yeah. I don't think it's gonna... I don't know, but someone's saying that I'm saying the wrong stuff. I just, people I'm just disagree with them. That's people, I think people just disagree, but the way they disagree with me is they come at me in a certain way to where they're like, I want to argue with you. I want you to say something back. And then I do, and then they get mad because I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they get mad. They're the ones who are like coming at me all rude and whatnot, but <laughs> I'm definitely going to snap back, you know? <laughs> they were trolling you. Yeah. Everybody's hey, always just fun. fucking trolling <laughs> all the time. That's the all it is. The, the thing is, is, it's such a it's such a sport to people. It's so fun, and I, I feel like it's almost when you're arguing with somebody. What I've realized from just from growing up is when you're arguing with a certain person, you're just engaging in their thoughts too. You're like intertwining the way that you believe and the way that they believe. And to me, it's a learning experience. Right. Regardless if you if you hear if you believe what they're saying or if you agree with what they're saying. You're still hearing their perspective, and it's important to know that that's all other people think. And it's important to know that not only do they think that, but there's probably plenty of other people that think the way that they do. And you kind of reflect on it, and that that's just part of, I mean, that's part of life, too. And that's just what really adds variety to why, uh, really, it's what makes you so different. Because other people disagree with you. Everyone, everyone sees the same thing, but they see it in different ways. And I feel like arguments are just people's, like, passions just engulfing them and they're just getting they just have this frustration where they just they see someone saying one little thing that kind of interferes with the thing that they really care about and then they just want to oh just fight you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's fun it's like a it's like a boxing match with words it's it's I don't know it's interesting to me the internet but you can oh, do you can be internet. constructive with it you can make it good yeah, you know, I think that's what's so great about it is the fact that we can all communicate our ideas because yeah. we at least have access to uh, to listening to them. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. It's fun. So, on a, on a closing note, I would like a story from each of you about a time you really fucked up bad at a gig or didn't come prepared for a practice. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I have it right now in my head. I can tell you. So right you just each each go just run through and lay out the scenario. You can take as long as you need to to explain it. I want I want great <laughs> stories of a failure. All right, who's going to tell them about the one that just happened? I'm not. I right, wasn't you. So yeah, cool. someone's okay, got that, got that one. one. All right. So basically, we had a gig in Blue, Indiana, like. 30 minutes away from Kokomo. Uh-huh. Um, Dustin and I drive together and Kirk um, drives separate from us. We approach the gig and Dustin's like, I forgot my bass. <laughs> the bass was not in my car. Not, nowhere to be found. And I just said, take my guitar and just start playing. There was like people, it was like a party. And I said, just start, he just started playing and just started playing a couple songs while I drove back to Kokomo to get his bass. But as I was getting ready to leave, Kirk shows up and unloads his drums. And then I, like, he said he forgot his, um, the most valuable things yeah, in a band. Right. Yeah. And he was just like, I gotta go back. And I'm like, son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> and like, we ended up all together playing like four songs because I think we had another show to play that night. Or oh man, for some reason a, we had to like we yeah. yeah we played it, but we had to cut an hour or so off the set. It was just a crazy time, but 
Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. But that was one that like I always remember that I like I laugh, now laugh at it, laugh about you. Know, was it stressful at the time? At the time, um, I was like, oh my goodness, I was like, this is <laughs> okay. That's yeah, that's pretty good. But uh, we had a recent one at the Emerson Theater. Yeah, and man, we. First of all, we were coming from Chicago. I was coming with uh, some other guys that I played music with from Chicago to Indianapolis, and we were meeting Kirk and meeting Josh. We were all three. Miraculously, we all three showed up at the exact same time, which was crazy because we all were from different cities. Um, different states. Oh, yeah. All three different states. Yeah, yeah, from Tennessee, Indiana, and Illinois, which is pretty wild. Um, but so we show up, set everything up, and for some reason, I'm not really sure... But my bass just kind of stops working, and I don't, I don't really know if it was the cord. We replaced the cord, and it still didn't work. And then I think Mr. Higgins, yeah, it was yeah. Mr. Higgins, dude. Mr. Higgins ended up being just fine. He's okay. It's all good. <laughs> but um, I think really what it is is the amp. It's this amp that I have, and I really, I really like, I like the sound of it. But I've had to get it fixed a few times, and I'm just honestly, man, I'm just broke. I can't really afford another amp right now, so I've just been using it, but. The cabinet still works really nice, so I'm going to keep the cabinet, I think I'm going to get a new amp, um, but we were playing, we only, first of all, we were supposed to play at 8.30, 8.30 to 9.30, and then because we were coming from another city, we couldn't be there halfway through the day uh, for sound check and for like the check-in and the load-in and all this other stuff that they were trying to do at the beginning of the day, we had to come late, so they gave us the last slot at the very end of the night, and then also from living in different cities, we weren't able to sell our tickets. Just because our tickets were physical. They weren't really tickets that you get online. So we had to kind of go through the hassle of that because they wanted to like up the price at the door. It was just like a lot of hassles in one. So we're playing the songs. And, I mean, it was honestly good. The sound was good. It was fun. There weren't, a, there weren't as many people there just because we were at the very end of the night. Um, but immediately the bass just goes out. <laughs> but I just kept going. Eventually, man, I just had to put the bass behind me and uh, just sing the whole time was it we still like danced around and got it and then halfway through a song where the bass isn't working josh's guitar goes out <laughs> you know and eventually it's just me. kirk the whole time and then there was one point where i turned around <laughs> i turned around and my bass hits the mic and the the mic just flies <laughs> off the <Yeah>. stand <laughs> it was this it was just tragic at the time as it was happening. Oh, it was just, it was literally honestly, the worst Did you feel like you were eating shit? It really wasn't I just didn't care. I, I honestly, there wasn't it was people. weird. It was real weird, but I just did not care. It just, I went into it. Really, it was the very first song. The bass worked for a second, and then it went out, and I immediately realized a few seconds in, like, this entire show is toast. We're done. Like, so I was like, you better, you better just get over it and just do it anyways. So I kind of just kind of make the best of it. Have fun, at least. It was funny. It really was funny because we were up to the bass didn't work. The mic was going off, no guitar. Kirk was, honestly, it was one of Kirk's best shows. <laughs> he did really, really good. I told him, I was like, I you, you killed Kirk. it, man. It was awesome. I kept us alive. But that actual, that weekend was, was so cool for us that uh, it was still worth it. It was it was fun. I had, I had a good time. We played, I think I played like six shows that weekend. Um... Although it was kind of unfortunate when me and Josh left because we went to go get gas and we ended up going through um, pretty much just the darkest part of Indianapolis. Man, there was no lights at all. It was real scary. It looked like uh, I was probably going to run into a crack dealer or two at the gas station. <laughs> uh, 
uh, it was just wild, man. And uh, we went to one gas station, and it ended up not being open. So we had to, like, we were already on empty, so we had to find another one. It was, like, real hectic, you know what I mean? But we made it out safely. Probably never going to do that again, though. <laughs> no more, no more playing over Grateful for the experience, though. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. I'd say uh, my couple times. I, I got, like, two different times. They're kind of minor. They didn't really mess up, like, the whole show or anything, but it was just, like, bummers. Uh, we were playing at a Vietnam Veterans um, reunion show or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, like, and it's honestly, like, one of the biggest ones in the United States, and it's held, like, 15 minutes right outside our hometown. Yeah, it's pretty wow. crazy. Wow. But... We show, I show up and realize that I have forgot my symbols, like all my, my whole symbol bag and everything. <laughs> yes, yeah. I remember that. Uh, we had to, we <laughs> had to delay our start time like 15 minutes because it, my girlfriend had to run back and get my symbols. She was pissed off. Yeah, shout out to Megan. Yeah, shout out Megan. But she, she came through in the clutch. She did. Oh, yeah. She does. It like poured too, I remember that. Oh, right. And... Uh, <laughs> But it was like just a bunch of just veterans just just chilling, just out chilling, camping in their campers and stuff. Wow! And this show we played in Logansport, Indiana, at the Neighborhood Tavern. About the second song in, uh, I go to kick my um, bass drum, and I realized that it, I kicked, and it never came back. Like when I lifted my foot up, it <laughs> never came back up, and so I'm like continue like going through the song like kicking when I need to and stuff and like it's not working I looked down and I had busted into my bass drum and my uh the beater on the kick was just stuck in oh in my no bass drum. like that's why it didn't come that's back the out. heartbeat of the entire band yeah so it went boom just like stuck in there and so then like I pull I pull it out and I like go put it over just a little bit and it ends up busting through more of it. Oh. So like, I'm like, this is nuts. I'm not like, we're screwed or whatever. Go to the left side of it, and it busts through more on that side. So by then, I have a huge hole in the middle of my set because I busted it in the middle, busted it, and like continued the bust down here. <laughs> down here. So like, it was bad. And then, then we finally put it all the way to the edge of the drum, like on the very edge. You could barely hear me, like, kicking it and stuff, but it ended up being decent through the show. I played the as the floor tom as the bass drum a couple songs, just because, like, there's just... Improvisation. Yeah. yeah you gotta you learn how to it. deal with it. Yeah, you gotta just keep going, man. And then we met a guy named Kevin. Shout out Kev. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin was yeah, cool. Yeah, Kevin was a game changer. He, yeah. uh, he actually gave me... This was after this... It was after the show, but we played in Chicago the very next day, so it was clutch because I wouldn't have been able to get one by then, probably. He gave me a bass drum head that fit perfect and did the job. Yeah, wow. The magic that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like, well, that, it was an experience. That honestly would have been hard because we did that Chicago show on a Sunday. Yeah. Now, like, music stores just yeah. don't open on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Probably wouldn't have been too good, yeah. Right. But, yeah. Shout out to him because he yeah. definitely hooked us up with a place to stay and 
the kick drum head. Dude. And he yeah. gave me a Coke while we were there, and it was one of the Cokes that says names on the side, and it said Kevin. And I said, dude, do all your Cokes say Kevin? Because <laughs> his name was Kevin. And yeah. I was like, so is this a thing? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, and he didn't even realize it said Kevin when he gave it to me. That's funny. He was pretty shy. I bet low-key, though. I would he be He should have been like MTV Cribs and like, oh, <laughs> Let me see all my Cribs. Kevin Cokes. <laughs> all my Kevin Cokes. <laughs> Um, nah, he was a great guy, though. Cool. Well, now I could have uh, Coca-Cola pay me for advertising. Uh, they're probably going <laughs> to um, be... I'll be getting in touch with them. There you go. go. Nice. Yeah. Kevin Kevin's Taste the feeling. <laughs> Special Kevin edition. Open yeah, hands. Kev. But, yeah, good times. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's been a, a pleasure sweet, chatting dude. with you. Um, awesome. Look out for the new uh, EP November 25th. What's the name of it again? Do you know? Do you know? And also, check Do out our you YouTube know? page and watch our brand. Plug everything again. Yeah. Plug it again. Plug it again. Yeah, Let's we go to YouTube. Okay. We just made our Instagram today. The Instagram is No Name Blues Music. Is Good what job. Did. Kirk did that. Thank you, Kirk. I did do that. Yes. Woo! Yep. And then uh, we got Facebook. the applause sign. <laughs> <laughs> we got Facebook. You just type in No Name Blues. Um, we should come up right away. Our uh, email, no name blues booking at gmail.com. Yeah. If anybody is interested in booking. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. Sweet. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it.